Well, we are going to start today on our last message in the series. As you can see, fresh eyes, fresh heart, fresh start. And uh, I believe God has a plan. How many know God has a plan for you? Right? As Jeremiah 29, 11 says, if I can get my little clicker to work, there we go. I just have to turn it on. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are what? Oh, really? Is it going to be one of those Sundays? They are plans for good. Come on. They are plans for good and not for disaster to give you a future and a hope. If you think you're going to sit here today and just do this, you are mistaken. All right? Get with it. I need my people to, to cheer this thing on this morning. You are the engine of this church. Well, the Holy Spirit is, but He energizes you, right? When we do it God's way, His blessing is upon us. He directs our every step when we give Him permission to do that. When we see things as God sees them, it results in a prosperous life. And, and I'm not, you know, I, I always emphasize this because I don't want anybody going out here going, oh, they're the prosperity church. You know what? There's nothing wrong with a prosperity church, but that word prosper means whole life. Not just finance, it's everything. All right? So if, if you're not there, you need to figure out what's going on. Then we need to have his heart. David was a what? All right, I'm just going to go home. David is a man after God's own heart. The Bible says that in a couple of different places. What did he have that Saul didn't have? A relationship with his master. He loved God. He, sang, he made, wrote songs, love songs to God because he loved him so much. So David was a man after God's own heart. You and I need to get a heart for the things of God. You know, we need to love each other, but the first command is to love him. We need to get his heart. And if we operate with his heart, we'll never go wrong. Because God's always right. Amen? Finally, and this is the last part, He is the God of fresh starts. How many are thankful for that? One of the reasons that I fell in love with Jesus so many years ago, back in my 20s, was because He offered me a do-over. I'm thankful for that. I really am. He offered me a second chance. <laughs> Not everybody does that. Most don't. You blow it, that's it. You're done. You're fired. Fired! Very few will say, you know what? I get it. You made a mistake. Okay, let's start over. Even, even sometimes in marriages. No, I'm done. That's it. Second chances. That's the kind of God we serve. Can everybody say amen? Years ago, I realized that my computer was starting to run really slow. And in fact, it would take like five minutes to start up. You know, you ever had that issue? And then I figured out why. One of my boys, who isn't here, just to make that clear, one of my boys was going to gaming sites. Yeah, 
And you know what he picked up? A nice little virus. And I, I downloaded a bunch of uh, virus software, and it would not get rid of that stupid thing. Guess what I had to do? Uh, reboot. Reboot's awesome when it works. No, I had to reformat the hard drive. You know what that means, right? That's, you wipe everything out. You start brand new, all over again. And the good news is, it worked. The bad news is, is I had to reinstall all of that software that I'd already bought. And this time I made sure I had a good antivirus on there. So all of us, spiritually speaking, need to go through this process. You need to reformat the way you think. You need to reformat your spirit man, your spirit woman. When you come to God, the God of second chances, that's what he does with you. you when you come to Jesus, you don't leave the same as when you came in. You're different. Completely different. He changes us from the inside out. And we run better than ever before. But we have to go to that length. We have to be reformatted. Listen, some of you have been Christians for 20, 30, 40 years. But over that length of time, you have not been serving the Master like you should be. You've made a lot of mistakes. And sometimes you get a virus in there. And you need to reformat. And we're going to talk about that today. Hallelujah. Just like a computer, we need to reformat. It's time intensive. It's hard work. But it's worth it. And I get frustrated when I hear preachers say, Yeah, just come to Jesus and it'll be all right. Whatever. You know what? It's work to be a Christian. Because we've got a real living enemy, and he hates our guts. He hates God, and he hates us because we love God. And he wants to do everything he can to, to cause us to sin, which is the virus, by the way. Right? You have sin in your life, that's the virus that prevents you from doing the things that you should be doing. How many know, and how many would agree with me, that when you've got sin in your life, it's really hard to serve him with all your heart, mind, soul, and body? And I'm not going to have you raise your hand right now who's living in sin, but I'm sure people in this room are. I'm positive of it. And the Holy Spirit is saying, enough. I'm giving you fresh eyes. I'm giving you a fresh heart. I want you to come to me for a redo. I want to reformat your spirit, your mind. But it takes you having to hit that button. It takes you choosing to do it God's way. Are you still with me? Spiritually speaking, we need a complete spiritual reformat. Just like a computer virus, sin gets in us and it corrupts our internal hard drive, our spirit man. So what can you do? You go to God and you let Him reformat your spiritual hard drive. This, this next verse that I'm going to show is one that I've, I've shown it a lot. Pastor Roger's shown it a lot. I think that Pastor Tony even showed it when he was preaching uh, a couple of months back. Romans 12. Now, I just, I'm going to warn you. 
How many know of the Message Bible? All right, the Message Bible is not a literal translation. It is a paraphrase, meaning that a man, Peterson, he, it is the Bible, all right? You can still read it and enjoy it, but it's not a literal translation. It's his interpretation of the Scripture. So we have to be careful, but when I went through this study, he's the one guy that kept using fresh start over and over and over, and I was like, I want that. So you're going to see a lot of the message this morning. I'm just giving you a preemptive uh, idea of why. So here's what I want you to do. <laughs> I love this. God helping you take your everyday ordinary life. You're sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life. And do what? Place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for Him. When we do this, He can do something with that. When we lay our lives down as an offering for Him, He can change us and make us become that person He wants us to become. Now listen to this next part. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without, ever, without, without even thinking. Instead, what's it say? Fix your attention on God and you'll be changed from the inside out. I love that part. Isn't that cool? Readily recognize what He wants from you and quickly respond to it. Is He challenging you today to do something different in your life? What are you waiting for? Quickly respond to it. The Holy Spirit's nudging us and He's saying, Come on, son. Come on, daughter. And we're sitting there going, Well, I don't think I want to do that today. Because I'm doing so good all by myself. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you, develops well-formed maturity in you. That's the, the goal. God wants us to be mature in Him. No more being washed with every wind of doctrine, just like a wave coming in and out. Uh-uh, that's not us. We should be solid strong in Christ. We should be ready for whatever the devil, whatever this world has to throw at us, because in Christ I can do all things. He gives me my strength. That's the good news. How many here today would say, yeah, I need that fresh start. I need a fresh start with the Lord. Then take your broken, everyday life and give it to the Lord as an offering of praise. I wrote a little prayer down, and, and I'll probably share something like this at the end to give you the opportunity, but when we pray something like this, Lord, I thank you for my fresh start. I give you my broken, everyday life and I ask you to use it as a testimony of your love. From this day forward, help me to live victoriously for you. In Jesus' mighty name I pray, amen. When we pray something like that, you know what? God can do the work in us. Because you give him permission to reformat your hard drive. What makes you tick, who you are. 
You know, some of us are ornerier than snot. I used to be that way, and, and I've, I've, by God's grace, I'm not as bad as I used to be. If you'd known me 40 years ago, you'd be understanding because people didn't even want to be around me. My wife had issues sometimes. But then Jesus came into my heart, and he reformatted my hard drive, and I want to tell you something. I was changed. He softened my heart. He gave me eyes to see like he sees, and it made me different. I couldn't help but be better with God's help. And he wants to do that with every one of his kids when we call upon his holy name. Another great example, and I'm sharing this because, you know, David wrote a whole bunch of stuff about God. He even wrote songs about him in the Psalms, and, and I love it. He learned that if he gave his problems, if he gave his life to God, that God could work with that and change him. We don't have to be the person we are today, tomorrow. If you can't stand yourself, then give it to God. You know, there's a reason that we're red today. Because it's red day. But why is red so fitting for a fresh start? Because it's only through the blood of Jesus Christ that you can be cleansed from your sins. He is the only way to the Father. Through the Son, Jesus Christ. There's no other way. David loved God. He loved to sing songs of what the Lord did for him. And he wrote this after he was rescued from his enemies and after he was rescued from King Saul. How many remember King Saul was trying to kill him? Poor guy was across the room and Saul took his spear and tried to spear David with it. What a, what a great boss to have, huh? So here we go. Samuel twenty two twenty one. God made my life complete when I placed all the pieces before him. Before I jump on and move, when he put what there? The pieces. You're broken. I'm broken. Before Christ, we're broken. We're in pieces. We're not functional like we should be. But if you put those pieces in front of God, He can do a miracle. When I cleaned up my act, David said, He gave me a what? Fresh start. Isn't that good news? You put the pieces in front of God, you lay them at the cross, and God can take those pieces and make something out of you. Forty years ago, I was, I was sitting in a restaurant eating dinner with my new wife. It happened to be Bill Knapps, if you remember Bill Knapps. And the waitress came up, and she looked at me, and she asked us for our order, and she came back, and she looked at me again, and she goes, Are you Norm? And I was like, Yeah. She goes, uh, Norm Oberlin? I said, uh, yeah. She goes, oh my, and she said something. That, Lord, I'll use that word. Oh my Lord. That's not what she said. She goes, I can't believe you're still alive.
Why? Because God did the miraculous. I laid the pieces in front of him, and he started putting me back together, as only he can. And I would not be here today were it not for the grace of God and his love and his mercy. And I give him all the glory. The NLT in Samuel twenty-two twenty-one says, The Lord rewarded me for doing right. He restored me because of my innocence. The Bible says that you can't come to the Lord unless you become like a little child. A little child is innocent. None of us are innocent of our sin, but we're innocent in the sense of, I don't know where to turn. What do I do with this? And God's saying, just become innocent and give it to me. Realize that you can't do it on your own. For those of you who try, you're going to fail, and you're going to fail, and you're going to fail. But for those of you who realize that there's only one way, and that's through Jesus, when you lay all the pieces in front of Him, He will restore you. That's what David did. He laid all of his pieces before the Lord, and he was restored. I've heard a lot of people talking about how our church family is under intense spiritual attack, and there is truth to that. But I feel that we give the devil way too much credit sometimes. Sometimes our bad situation is caused by our own decisions. Like your body giving out because you only eat junk food and you never exercise. Why is that the devil's fault that you're falling apart? Why is this shirt that I, it was purchased for me about three months ago or four, it fit then. I looked at everything today and I went oh my those buttons are <clears throat> anyhow not anybody's fault I can't blame it on the devil it's the donuts and the cookies I'll blame it on those but I have to put them in Troy's saying amen dad sometimes it's our sinful lifestyle listen to me if you're broken up if you're a mess living in a sinful lifestyle you got to change got to change you can't keep living like that and expect God to bless you it's not going to happen and now sometimes it has nothing to do with you and everything to do with outside circumstance go back to 2008 you know when the when the everything dropped out and we were all feeling the pain gas prices were at almost five bucks a gallon remember those days how many are thankful for gas it's 240 a gallon or less hallelujah but when that kind of stuff happens, it's, it's difficult. That's not the devil. It's, it's our circumstances. And yes, sometimes it is a spiritual assault. But hear this. If we're strong and if we don't give in, no matter what the devil throws after us, when it's all finished according to Ephesians 6.13, you'll still be standing and you'll have the victory. Go back and read that if you need to. Ephesians 6.13. Actually, verses 10 and following, but... We have the victory in Christ. We're going to face stuff that's not always easy. But we shouldn't be leveled. We shouldn't be knocked over. Our faith should be strong enough for us to be able to say, you know what, come on, devil. Come on, world. If God is for me, who can be against me? 
No weapon formed against me is going to prosper. That's my take. I'm going to stand on it. Regardless of the cause, when you find yourself needing a fresh start, what do you need to do? Go to your loving Lord, your Heavenly Father, and say, help. Help me. Excuse me. You know, our whole, the Holy Spirit is our friend. He's our counselor. If we listen. When David was at his wit's end, he always went to God. Psalm 51.10 Create in me a clean heart, O God. The NLT says, Renew, and this word in the Hebrew is to rebuild, to restore a loyal spirit within me. The message says, God, make a fresh start in me, and I love this, shape a Genesis week from the chaos of my life. How many understand what he's saying? In Genesis 1 through 3, God created everything. He said, in the midst of the darkness, he said what? Let there be light. And then from that, He created the heavens. He created the earth. He created all the critters that are walking around, that are swimming, the birds in the air, the the little creepy things that crawl across the ground. And He created you and me in His image. All of that is found in Genesis. That's what He's saying. God, whatever it takes, if you need to do a complete rebuild on me, do it. Because that's who I want to be. I want to put myself in your hands and give you permission to do whatever changes need to take place in me. We are all in a state of chaos until God gets a hold of us. And I think that's a great prayer that we can have. God can work with a prayer like this. When you pray, God, create in me just like you did in the book of Genesis. A fresh start. Take the chaos in my life and make me a new person. He can do that. And He will do that if you'll let Him. I love this one. How many notice that I use a few Scriptures? Why? Because the Word doesn't turn return void. The Bible says that. When we quote Scripture, it does not. There's always fruit. Always. Even if you speak it to yourself. And by the way, some of us need to do that more. If you're dealing with something, you find the Scriptures that pertain to that. And you just start quoting them over and over and over. That's why I tell people, put them on your refrigerator if you need to. Memorize them. Let God show you what you need to be. God can work with you. Everything that we have Right thinking, right living, a clean slate, and a fresh start comes from God by way of Jesus Christ. That's why we have the saying, if you're going to blow a horn, blow a trumpet for God. If you're going to blow a horn, blow a trumpet for God. I love that. How many need a clean slate, fresh start? Lots of hands nodding at me. I'm going to give you that opportunity at the end. 
Our lives should be a testimony of how great God is. When people watch you as a child of God, they should see Him living in you, through you. They should see God. Ephesians 2.10 is another great one. And I want you to just get this in your spirit. For we are God's masterpiece. Do you ever think of yourself like that? Some of you, you're so disappointed with yourself. You need to realize that when God made you, He made you as a masterpiece. And you might be a mess right now. You might be a living in chaos. But I want to get this. God can renew that in you. He can take your broken pieces and He can make you something absolutely beautiful. And it takes work. And it takes you bending your knee to Him and saying, have your way with me, Lord. You are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus. For what? So that we can do the good things He planned for us long ago. You're not an accident. Every single person in this room has something God wants to do with you. There are people out there who need to know Him, and He wants to use you to get to them. But if you don't let Him have, your way, have His way with you, He can't use you. It's like, it's like having a tool. The other day I went to, to eat, and I grabbed a fork out of the drawer, and, and you know it's got four tines on it, and two of them are like this, and two of them are like this. And it's like, uh, that doesn't work very well. And that's how we are. You try sticking a fork in your mouth that's like this, you're going to spear yourself. You might as well use your fingers. God can't use us unless we let Him do it. We've got to conform to His image not allow the world to make us who we are, to, to, to set our destiny for us. I hope I'm making sense. You are God's masterpiece. He has a plan for your life. And it should make you realize that this life isn't yours, it isn't mine, it's His. He gave His all for us. And the least we can do is give it back to Him. Our lives are like a tapestry. When the world looks at us, this is what they should see, is a, a beautiful portrait of how God, that doesn't mean you're perfect. It just means that it's visible what the Lord's been doing in you. You're different than everybody else. Because you're not broken anymore. People realize that. They sense it. One day, I love this. One day, God is going to parade us in front of all of His enemies. And what is He going to parade us doing? He's going to show them what He did in us. How He changed us, how He shaped us, how He put the pieces together like a tapestry. And the enemy's just going to go, oh, more? Oh. Everybody's going to see to His glory that it was God that got us through this life and no other. From the moment that we go from being Satan's spawn, you know what I mean by that? You're his kid until you give your heart to Jesus. Right? Wow. You 
are related to the devil until you say, Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Amen? All right. I just want you to be with me on this. So we go from being Satan spawned to God's children, and at that moment, our lives are intended to do one thing, to bring God glory. So if you were to rewind this last week and look at everything you did, would it honor Him? Would it bring Him glory, or would He just be going, would the angels go, you get what I'm saying? From the moment Jesus gives you your fresh start, everything you do should be done for the glory of God. Everything. Can you say that with me? Everything. Clarence, when people look at you, when you used to drive the truck, those guys would see you pull in. You brought a little bit of God's glory with you. Maybe a lot of God's glory with you. Because all the way there, you're singing, you're praising Him. You get out of that truck and you get to getting their delivery out. And they see it. Man, did you see what Clarence did? Man, he went to extra mile. He went to extra mile for me. And I know you're retired now, but brother, what you did is that was written in history because you were serving the Lord through your job. And it gives God glory. And, and people just go, who does that anymore? When you love on people that are unlovable, who does that anymore? But that's what we're supposed to be doing. Giving our all for the kingdom so that all men will get to know Him. But when we're jerks, when we are the spawn of the devil, what do people think after they've been around us for a little while? It's like, ew. Hey, why don't you come out to the hope, man? Are you crazy? After what you just said, I wouldn't step in that church. No, don't be that one. <laughs> don't be that person. Let God reformat your hard drive. Be the person you've been called to be. Be the masterpiece God wants to make you into. Listen to this. We need to be praise givers when you get good grades, give God the glory. When you get a big promotion, to God be the glory. When you're blessed with a beautiful baby boy, give God the glory. And I was watching you holding your son back there. Oh, man, he's a tiny little thing. What a joy, right? Amen. When you find the woman or the man of your dreams, give God the glory. You got something priceless. When you find yourself in an awesome spirit-led church that loves the Lord, give God the glory. All right, this last one might have been a little bit self-serving. <laughs> I had to throw it in. But we are blessed. 
We are. We've got a good church here. You are the church, not the building. Us. You and me. Now when we come to Christ and we give Him our broken lives, this is what happens. 1 Corinthians 1, 30 and 31. God has united you with Christ Jesus. For our benefit, God made Him, Jesus, to be wisdom itself. Christ made us right with God. He made us pure and holy. And He freed us from sin. How many can say amen to that? Therefore, as the Scriptures say, if you want to boast, boast only about the Lord. Now this is the NLT version of what I read in the message. Who should we boast about? Jesus Christ. I'd like to add one more thing here. Verse 30 says, Jesus became wisdom itself. What is wisdom? I took the liberty of defining it from Nelson's Bible Dictionary. It's the ability to judge correctly and to follow the best course of action based on the knowledge and understanding. That's what wisdom is. Do you know if we had God's wisdom, if we had Jesus in our lives so powerfully that every time we went to do something, we heard that little voice say, do that, don't do that, do that, don't do that. Sometimes he says, you choose. But if we had that kind of wisdom, we would be amazing people. But what ends up happening? We shelf the voice of God, the Holy Spirit, we turn our back to Him and we say, you know what, I got this. I'm going to do this my way because this, this, this way, my way, oh, it just seems like the right thing to do right now. And we end up in trouble. Wisdom. Where do we get wisdom? From the Bible. There's no better place In our men's study, our, our, we have a disciple group. I meet with uh, five other men. And we've been studying the book of Proverbs as part of our study. One of the things I figured out is if you really want to know God's heart, if you really want to get wisdom, where do you start? With the book of Proverbs, because that is the book of wisdom. And since I was supposed to have started this last week, it would have worked, and you could have started this. Uh, actually, it would have been Friday. There are 31 days in March. How many chapters are in Proverbs? 31. Oh, isn't that nice? That works out. So, I was going to suggest to you, and I am suggesting to you, that we do this as a, as a homework study for the next month. Now, obviously, we're two days behind. That means you have to catch up on those first two chapters. So Proverbs chapter 1 and 2, you need to finish, and then today you need to read 3 as well. Then tomorrow, and for every day following, just do whatever the day is, do that chapter in Proverbs. And let the Holy Spirit speak to you. And let's see, at the end of this month, I'm going to ask you, how wise are you now? And maybe read it in a... If you're a good reader and you can get through it quick enough, read it in a couple of different translations. Maybe the message, but also, you know, make sure and read like NLT or NIV or something like that. New King James, whatever floats your boat. King James, some of you. I believe that God wants us to do this. This would bless Him. And He'll use this. He'll reward us. And He'll use this to grow us up.
to mature us. How many would say amen to that? Let me just read the first four verses, and then I'm going to move on. Proverbs 1, verse 1. These are the Proverbs of Solomon, David's son, king of Israel. Their purpose is to what? Teach people wisdom and discipline, to help them understand the insights of the wise. Their purpose is to teach people to live disciplined and successful lives, to help them do what is right, just, and fair. These Proverbs will give you insight into the simple knowledge simple knowledge and discernment to the young. So young people need this as much as we do. But some of us old people are living like we're still young. We've been ignoring God's wisdom, and we need to change that up. We all need this understanding. We all need this discipline. You may think, hey, I'm 70 years old. I don't need anybody to discipline me. But I want to tell you right now, yes, you do. In fact, some of us old people are the worst because we're set in our ways. Not in his ways, in our ways. And we need to be corrected. I'm getting close to the end. Proverbs 19.8 To acquire wisdom is to love oneself. Did you hear that? To acquire wisdom, to go after wisdom, is to love yourself. If you don't love yourself, you're not going to do this. If you love yourself, you're going to do this. People who cherish understanding will prosper. There's that word again. I love that. You go after wisdom, you're going to prosper. If you love yourself, get wisdom. When you apply it to your life and to your family's life, listen, if you're a a grandparent, if you're a, a parent, you need to be putting this in your kids. Read this with them. I would say this to you guys. Read this with your kids over this next month. Let them be a part of this. And ask them at the end of reading the chapter, well, what do you think of this? Or let them interrupt you and say, what does that mean? It'll challenge you. I can't wait to do this with Troy. <laughs> He's smiling. Finally, on the topic of wisdom, James 1.5. You've heard this before. James told the church, if you need wisdom, what? Ask our generous God and he will give it to you. He won't rebuke you for asking. How cool is that? God gives us permission to ask him for wisdom. Are you asking him? Or are you going through this life all on your own like, I got this man, I got this man. Hitting wall after wall after wall. Watching the broken pieces fall off. Hopefully everybody gets this. Jesus is the wisdom. And when we become His student, when we become His disciples, He pours Himself into us. Last verse I'm going to share with you. 2 Corinthians 5.19 God put the world square with Himself through the Messiah, giving the world a fresh start By offering forgiveness of sins, God has given us the task of telling everyone what He's doing. That's our job. They should look at us and go, what is different about you? I can't put my finger on it. I've had people say that to me that I've worked with. You know, they they know something's different. And it's like, what? What is it? And, And then you're able to say, ah, let me tell you about the one.
Jesus. And sometimes they'll go, oh, yeah. But you know what? Deep inside, they want it. I know I did. And when I got to that day, that low day years ago, and I had nowhere to turn, I didn't know what life was going to throw at me next, but I knew that if I didn't do something different, I wasn't going to be around much longer. And I remembered that crazy guy that worked with me that kept giving me those stupid scriptures and telling me I needed Jesus. And you know, I despised him while he did it. But in my moment of weakness, where did I turn? I went to the one guy who I didn't understand, but I knew that everything he said to me was true. I just had to figure out what it was. And I looked at him and I said, all right, you tell me about this Jesus. And he did. We have a desperate world out there today, folks. And they need to hear what God's doing in us. They really do. They need to hear about it. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. Would you stand with me? Same scripture from the message. Your baptism in Christ was not just washing you up for a fresh start, <laughs> even though that's awesome. It also involved dressing you in an adult faith wardrobe, Christ's life, the fulfillment of God's original promise. That's what it's all about right there. God wants to make you a masterpiece. It's not over when you say yes to Jesus. That's the beginning. That's the fresh start. When you willingly yield to Him and say, Lord, have your way. I've blown this life. I have ruined every relationship I've been in or almost every relationship. Maybe my mom still loves me. Maybe my dad does. But I've blown it. Maybe none of my kids talk to me anymore. Maybe you're a little older and you've just blown it. The good news, folks, is that God is in the business of change. Do-overs, fresh starts. And He wants to give you that fresh start today. The Bible says count the cost. Before you make any decision, always count the cost. And I just want to ask right now, would you like the Lord to give you a fresh start? Now what does that mean? Simply this. That means that we're going to honor Him with how we live, how we love, how we respect and how we treat others, how we forgive. You know the Bible says that as you forgive, you will be forgiven. So what that also says is if you don't forgive, you will not be forgiven. If you reverse that context, right? This is how you and I need to be as representatives of the King, as children of the Most High God. And then people need to see that we also spend time with the Master. You've got to lay on His feet like Mary when she wet the Lord's feet with her tears. Sometimes that's what it takes. You get yourself into a, between a rock and a hard place. What do you do? You lay down at His feet and you say, Jesus, help me with this. Now, you may not physically see him, but shut your eyes right now 
and recognize that the Bible says where two or more gather in His name, He is here. I want you to know Jesus is in the house. This is the body of Christ right here. You and I make up the body. The Holy Spirit gives us our life. And He's here right now. He's listening. He's watching. He's hovering over us with His love, with His grace, with His mercy. And He's saying, come to me, my children. Come to me. Let me change you. Let me take those broken pieces and put you back together again. And if you're here today and you say, Pastor Norm, that's me. I need to reformat my spiritual life. I I need to reformat the way I think. I need God to do that in me today. If that's you, would you lift your hand up so I can see it? Yep. Thank you. You Put them down. I can't even tell you how many people just raised their hand. Most of you. Many of you. Hallelujah. Almighty God, we are humbled today to be here. We sense you're calling us, Lord. And you're not just calling us for this moment in time. You're calling us for everlasting time. Eternity. And what you do in us today, Lord, is going to represent who we are the rest of our lives and even into eternity. The day is coming when you're going to parade us in front of the enemy. And I pray we would be ready, Lord. You're coming back for a church without spot or wrinkle, without blemish, Lord. And the only way that happens is if we give our lives to you and we say, Lord, forgive me of my many sins and make me a new person. You can work with a prayer like that. And that's our prayer today, Lord. That you would change us from the inside out. If you meant business... Like I said, you're in good company. Just come on down in the front real quick. I want to pray with you. Just come on. Nobody's, <laughs> nobody is here to judge you. Nobody. God is so enamored by you. He loves you so much. He wants every person in this room to be His. You are blood-bought. You are going to be born again if you haven't already. And the Lord is going to make you into a masterpiece. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Lord, just do the work here that only you can do. Wash over every one of these saints. Before I pray with you, I just wanted to say this. I felt like the Holy Spirit said, there's somebody in this room who you feel like you've done this one too many times. You've come to the Lord one too many times and He just doesn't have another fresh start for you. And the Holy Spirit's saying this to you today. He says, no, that's not true. That's a lie from the enemy. That's the devil speaking into your heart. You need to ignore him and get up there right now. So get up here if that's you. Don't let him rob you today of your joy. There's a spiritual intensity in here today, and God wants all of his kids to be ready for what's coming next. And I believe this, and we've been saying this for 2,000 years, but Jesus is coming back. And he's coming back soon, folks. We need to be ready. 
So get up here if that's you. If you've been saying, no, he's, he's way too many times. Come on. Come on. I want to say a simple prayer. But if you pray this with all your heart, mind, soul, and body, I believe the Lord is going to honor this today. I lift up my own life. Fresh start. Pray this with me.